welcome to the Genesis Church Podcast. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 9. We are looking at a small text, a small passage for the last three weeks. And the reason we're doing this, as Johnny said, is because we've been using this term all year, lace them up. It comes out of Romans chapter 10 when Paul says, he doesn't say lace them up, but he says, how beautiful are the feet that carry the good news of the gospel. And so we just kind of put a new terminology on that. And we said this year, we want to lace them up. We want to tighten up our shoes and we want to take the gospel of Jesus to as many people as we possibly can. And we want to finish the year strong. And so Paul, who we've been learning about, who writes 13 of the letters we find in the New Testament, is sharing this encounter with Jesus all throughout them. He's saying, hey, when I met Jesus, everything changed. My character changed. My calling changed. Everything about me changed. And we would tell you that if you've encountered Jesus, you should be changing. You should not be the person you were before you met Jesus. If you're not changing and Jesus isn't changing you, then maybe you haven't had a real encounter with him. And so Paul, writing out of these things, he begins to speak and he says, listen, what I learned about all of this, I want to share with other people and I will do whatever it takes. So to the weak, I became weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I might share with them in its blessing. He said, everything I'm doing is because of Jesus. The song you just sang, the only one that can wash away my sins, the only one that can make me whole again. I have met him, I've encountered him, and you need him. And so Pastor Will last week was talking about this metaphor he used. He said, it's like a race that you run. He was drawing upon the, uh, the Olympic Games they would have known about in Rome. And he says, I, I run this race. I run this race as one to receive a prize because that's why you do these types of things. Last night, people were competing over a medal that was two inches tall, but it was great. <laughs> yeah. We run for a prize. We know what the prize is. It's life everlasting with our Savior. But he says this. He says, I run as one to receive the prize so that I may obtain it. Not every time you run the race, you come in first place. Doesn't always happen that way. But you keep running with everything you got like you are going to. That's the important factor. And I know that when we talk about this stuff and, and we talk about running a race, and this morning we're going to talk about another metaphor that Paul uses about training your body. Some of you are like, yeah, that's not me. That's not me at all. You know, every time I call Pastor Chad in the afternoon, sometime evening, this is what I get. What are you doing? I'm running. Oh, yeah. I, that guy runs like five miles a day. I think that's the worst thing in the whole world. When I go to the gym, the treadmill's on the right, the weights are on the left, I just... Every time I'm this way, I'm not doing that. And some of you are like, I don't like to run. I don't like to jog. I don't even like to walk fast. And sometimes I feel like in my faith, I'm just crawling. And so what we want to do is help pick you up today and make you think about what it really takes to end this year strong and to keep going in this race Paul's yeah. talking about. No, it's great, Pastor. Like Paul, Paul said it himself. He, he gives us words on how, one, number one, we might win some, right? He goes on in 1 Corinthians 9.22, if we can read that together here. Uh, to the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means, 
I may save some. You have to realize this, that we, we, won't, we won't get the opportunity or chance or maybe we might not get to save everybody, right? Not, not everyone accepted the message of Jesus in his time. But what you can do is meet people in their own situation and their need and become a helping hand and meet them where they are. And that's the beauty of who Jesus was, is that he brought the gospel to them. Right, the, 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 the man in the pool of Bathsheba, where he was, he was sick for 38 years, he came to him and healed his life. Feeding of the 5,000, they were with him. He made a way to find uh, refuge and provision for their life. Peter's mother-in-law, when she was sick, he went to go and be, a, and be with her and to heal her, to be there with her. And that's what makes a difference here. That we might win some, but we're going to win them when we, when we go and we meet them where they are. And I love this saying. It says, as people, if you could pull the next one up, Karin, for me. It says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. They want to know that you're willing to go the extra mile. They want to know that, man, is, is this individual really speak, talking the talk? Are they going to take it to the next level in their, in their spiritual journey. I, I love this next quote that we have here. And it goes, it says, don't judge each day by the, seed, by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds that you plant. How many of you finish your day and say, man, who did I impact today? What life did I make a difference for? What seeds did I deposit in my family, in my children, in those in the community around me, my coworkers, what did I deposit? How was I able to step out of my own life and reach their life and be a part of their life? You'll be surprised that a lot of your healing and a lot of your situations, you'll find answers the moment you step away from it and look towards someone else. One of the most powerful times in my life was when I just, I just did not give attention to the things that were, were bringing friction and tension to my life. And I just said, who is out there in my life around me that I can make an impact? Because there's, there's, there's a couple things that I can do. I can pray for people. I can love people. I'll do what I can control. And in the situations that I, I just don't have control over my life, I need to let them go. And go reach out to other people and see what I can do to be the hands and feet of Jesus. But what seeds are we talking about when we say, hey, planting, planting seeds into people's lives? It's, it's the seed of vulnerability. It's being open. It's being open to yourself, exposing who you are, not having anything to hide, opening who I am so that I can reach you. I read this and it was so powerful it said, you don't have to be perfect to inspire people. Let them be inspired by the way you deal with your struggles, your heartaches, and your imperfections. Amen. See, many of us are trying to fix all that before we go and impact people. But people need to see that you are imperfect. People need to see that you struggle too. They need to see that you cry. They need to see that you are broken because they're broken. And that's where true connection can happen is because I can connect with this person because they understand what, what I'm going through. Maybe not initially, but through trials and tribulations, we connect with each other. And so that's the beauty of it. And num number two is this, how, 
we can run, how do we run this race right? 1 Corinthians 9, 26 and 27, it says, so I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as I'm beating, like I'm beating the air purposely uh, or without purpose, but I discipline my body and I keep it under control lest after preaching to others, I myself uh, should be disqualified. So first we need to ask ourselves, what race are we really running? right? Because we're talking about this race, and it comes down to two things. And the book of Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 and 40 gives us and tells us what race we are running. It says this, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. First, the race is faithfulness to God. Me and my life, that's the race that I'm running every day, to be faithful, to be obedient, and to love God with all of my heart, with everything I have. And what's the second one? And the second is like, love your neighbor as yourself. How many people can I bring to the kingdom of God with me in this life? That's, that's it. Love God with all of your heart and how many people I can reach and impact in their life. Those two questions, how can I be faithful to God? How can I continue to be faithful to God? And how can I bring others to the kingdom of God with me? Because that's the ultimate goal, right? It's your family, it's your friends, it's your teammates, your classmates that don't know God. That you say, hey, one day when he returns, I want them to be with him and be with me for all eternity. This is why we lace them up. This is the gospel of Jesus. This is why we run this race. And and so um, Johnny and I, when we were talking about this a few weeks back, um, Johnny has been uh, into physical fitness and weight training for years, for years. Um, And so... uh, Don't look at me like that. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, bro, let me tell you something. I was kidding. (laughs) And so uh, we we have these moments where we sit in the office, and so uh, I grew up playing sports and things like that. Weight training wasn't always the thing that I cared about that much. Um, but uh, about f- almost five years ago, I got diagnosed along with my daughter with a rare form of diabetes. Uh, but th- the good part for us is that it's all, it's all diet controlled. And, and so one of the things the doctor said is you got to exercise regularly. Mm. And so that's really what made me kind of get back in the gym and put this into my regimen. You, you, you beefed up. You beefed up. I'm trying up. to be you, okay? Yeah, you I'll get there one up. day. All right? You beefed up. Let's talk about this. All right. So anyways, while I'm in the gym, often I will send pictures to Johnny of other people in the gym uh, that, that just kind of make me laugh. And then we have this thing where we find viral videos of people working out that have, that have failed awesome. in the gym. Awesome. And we send them back and forth all day long. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, so, so actually, I have a few today I'd like to show you. Because what it makes me laugh about is, is, is realizing how many people go to a gym and don't know <laughs> what they're doing. Oh, bro. This is that moment where you think you can do more weight than you can. Yes. Right? Ego, it's called, never it's called ego lifting. Ego lifting. Yes. See, they have terminology. Yeah. You can get oh, these on the web, on the internet. They're just out there floating around. <laughs> just out there. They're, they're great. Um, the next one, this poor gentleman, um, I don't think there's recovery from this. I'm wondering like if this happened in the gym. And 
what, what, what could take place after that? Uh, maybe lighter Man, dumbbells next time. Lighter dumbbells. Lighter for dumbbells. Sure. Maybe a little bit more core stability. Uh, the next one that we have, um, this is amazing to me for all you Marvel fans. Are <laughs> you Marvel? If fans. you're a Marvel fan, you will love this. <laughs> Spider-Man. My son would love Spider-Man that. Spider-Man works out in the gym. Um, my daughter would do this yeah, with her college roommates 100%, yeah. and think it was. As a matter of fact, she'll probably copy it this week and send yeah. me a video while she's on campus. We should say, do not attempt these. Yes. Uh, please, do not don't attempt, attempt these. Don't attempt these, and don't do them because we will videotape you, and then you'll end up in Genesis. We, we are um, watching. The next one is is um, just I don't know what this is. <laughs> I've uh, never seen someone it, do that with it a whip. Might- Military exercise? Genesis Church security team, right there. He's <laughs> training for it. Um, and, and then I think we have one more to show you. Um, and this is just, is I don't know. I don't know what workout wow, this is, Johnny. That, that is, uh, that's a full body hit, hit workout. This guy went home and told his wife, honey, I'm so exhausted from the workout that I did today. And, and so, yeah. Those are like, that's like uh, next level burpees or something. Like so, that. I'll, listen, I'll take video and I'll send it to him. And sometimes I'll take pictures. There's this guy that comes in my gym. I'm mesmerized because he does things I could never do. He does upside down pull-ups. Gosh, He's man. definitely military as I've seen him kind of just interact and train. And I'm just in awe. And then like my mind goes, my competitive side wants to try it. But I'm not dumb enough. <laughs> no, bro. To try that in the gym. What I realize is that when I'm in the gym, there's all types of people. And some people have been working out for years and they're total meatheads and they're jacked out their mind. Some people have been working out for quite some time and they're fit. Some people have no clue what they're doing, Mm -hmm. right? And then I will text them and I'll say, Johnny, I need prayer because I think I'm going to lose my Christianity today. (laughs) And I'll say, what's happened? So like I'll go up to get some dumbbells. And then, like, a few weeks ago, there's this young college girl. So, you know, she's a young college girl, so I know I can't see anything. But she's taken, like, four sets of dumbbells with her. Dude. This is not your private gym. <laughs> it's not your gym in your garage. So now I can't use the dumbbells because she's using four different kind for an hour by herself type of a deal. Or the people that get on the machine and they work out or do a machine for 10, mi- 10 seconds, then they get on their phone for, like, five minutes straight. And you're just waiting. Yeah. And then I'm like, Johnny, I need help. And I or need those that take like four different machines in the whole yes. gym. I had a guy one and time. They stare you down. I was on a machine you... here. I went there and he yelled. And he goes, <laughs> hey. And, and only because he is five times my size. So I was like, sure, you can have that back. Because if he wasn't, no, I'm just kidding. He gave you the stare down. Man. Gave me the stare down. Yeah. Anyways, what's funny is that I see all this stuff happening. But at the same time, I see a spiritual, spiritual correlation. To, to all sorts of people, some people that have been in church forever, some people who are understanding it, some people who don't, some people have no idea what they're even doing, mm. and they're failing throughout it. And so it's obvious sometimes that people need to have a little bit more awareness, not only when they're training, but also in their faith. They do. They do. And Paul speaks about this. He's probably a person that it doesn't aimlessly just run. You know, don't, he says, don't aimlessly just run towards something you don't know what you're doing. Don't go shadow boxing, you know, basically, and you're, you don't have a target that you're hitting. And so discipline is basically what it really comes down to. It's, it's about committing your whole self 
uh, in whatever you're trying to do, whatever you're trying to accomplish, I'm saying I'm fully all in. I'm giving everything that I am of myself. And so a lot of athletes, you'll hear of some insane regimens and, and, and crazy uh, just schedules that they follow. And if things go off, it really throws them off. You know, I know, I know for myself, like you see some of these NBA athletes and the way that they approach the free throw and the line and the way that they go about taking uh, those shots and they're working through these repetitions hundreds and hundreds of times. But it's something you have to be disciplined to. For me, I can't speak of anybody else, but my personal life as far as discipline, when it, when it comes down to fitness is I'm getting up really early in the morning. I'm getting up early in the morning for time of prayer because I know that, listen, if I don't get down to prayer, life will take me where it wants me to go. And I have to control my life and I have to put and put my foot down where I need uh, to put it down in my life. And so after that, I'm at the gym at 5 a.m. You're speaking only for yourself, not for most of us in here. Listen, you'll be surprised who's out there at 5 a.m. Uh, but listen, that's varied through time. I've had, I've had moments where I would just, you know, in my previous job, I, was, uh, I would work out midday. So everything had a different time frame depending on the season that I was in. But in the season of, 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 of mainly, uh, a lot of it has been fatherhood, trying to just get, get stuff done early when the kids are, are sleeping, I'm, I'm knocking it out. I'm, I'm knocking it out. I'm going in. I'm stretching. I'm doing my cardio for 20, 25 minutes. I'm working out for an hour, an hour and a half. Uh, my wife will say I'm working out for three, four, but, <laughs> uh, but I, mean, I enjoy it. It's, it's, it's yeah. a discipline that I enjoy, and, and most importantly, it's a, it's, a, it's a discipline in my life uh, that I love, but a lot of people uh, have the misconception that, that, that it all just happens in the weight room right? They come to me and they're like, bro, like, dude, like, what are you benching now? Like, you, you hitting 315? What you squatting, man? You squatting 415? What's up? And, and listen, the numbers are nice. I used to power lift and it's, you know, and it's very number driven and you're trying to hit these goals. But at the end of the day, I tell them, I say, listen, dude, like, yeah, those are all good, but uh, how is your nutrition and how is it in the kitchen? Because a lot of the terminology that we have in the gym is like, listen, 80% or 20% is in, is in the gym, but the rest of the 80% is in the kitchen. If you want those abs, it comes in the kitchen. It does. And many people totally miss that. They, you can force yourself to get to the gym. You'll push yourself. You'll motivate yourself. And you knock it out for that one hour but then you have 12 hours, right, plus to be disciplined, fine-tune yourself, keep yourself motivated. And that is where people just, they don't have it. They don't have it. And so it's easy to get to the gym and knock things out when you have to. But it's very hard the rest of that time to say, I still have to stick to my goals no matter what is happening around me. Listen, I hate you so much because you... <laughs> Listen, listen, you eat more I, candy than anybody I know. <laughs> am I right, Jenny? Where, where am I telling you? Oh me? my gosh! Listen, so, no, no, listen. hold on, hold on. All right, there, there. Listen, I can go into a lot of deeper science into this stuff. Okay, uh, so there is, <laughs> there is some, some, you know. Listen, they will say this: ninety percent of people fail because of lack of discipline, not lack of intelligence. It's not because you're not smart enough. 
It's because of the discipline that comes in. And Paul writes a letter to Timothy, a disciple of his, someone he's trained in the way of Jesus. And he says, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for this present life and also for the life to come. Just a few months ago, we opened up the book of Ephesians that Paul wrote. And he said, listen, your battle's not against flesh and blood, but against the powers of darkness in this present life. And what some of you don't realize is that your faith matters now. Faith was never some big thought in the clouds. You say some magical prayer, and then one day, somehow, when I take my last breath, then I figure it out. It starts now. Just like your discipline, your workout, the things that you invest to see progress, all these things matter. So this morning, we want to just give you four quick things. Four quick things we believe will help you finish 2022 strong and prepare you for 2023. So it's not just finish strong, get across the line, and then just lay down. It's to, to get there and then take it to the next level. Because there's many of us, we're, we're wondering like, hey, how do I grow in my faith? How do I know Jesus more? How do I get my prayer life stronger? How do I understand God's word more? How can I take this into my marriage? If I'm dating, what, what does that look like in my relationship? If I'm engaged, what does that look like for how we're going to build the family one day? Because it all starts somewhere. So why not start today? And so the first thing is just simply, it takes discipline. And we don't like the word, but it takes discipline. We don't earn our way to Jesus, but we're to be faithful and obedient to him. Therefore, it takes discipline to control yourself, to think about the things that you take in. It's, it's the kitchen metaphor, right? right? What are the things in the kitchen, you know, physically that you're eating, but what are the things that in the living room that you're allowing in your mind and you're watching and you're seeing that you're taking in, that, that you're not disciplining yourself to say, no, as we just sang, your way is better than this, yeah. right? Yeah. That's the understanding. My son uh, played two years college basketball. And what we learned along the way is discipline had to elevate itself for the next level. What he did in middle school didn't suffice for what it needed to happen in high school. And what he started doing in high school was not going to suffice if he wanted to go to college. And so it was, hey, looking him in the face saying, if you really want this, you got to wake up at 5 a.m. and I'm not waking you up. <laughs> That's right. Right? You got to want this. And we, we, we put trainers in place. And, and when he got to college, he began to realize like, hey, now that I'm at this level to continue to progress and to continue to elevate. And if I want playing time, I got to be disciplined for more. And a lot of times, they're like, hey, people realize, like, man, I've been doing this my whole life. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. But in our faith, we can't stop. We have to finish strong, That's right. and it takes discipline. Yeah, yeah, no, and Paul says, Paul says this. He says, uh, stay away from irrelevant and silly myths. Yeah, yeah. And so num- the, the second, second thing is, be, first thing is be disciplined. But second thing is have, take discernment, have discernment. Of what is happening and what and, and, and the decisions that you're making and what's taking place, have discernment of that. How many of you guys have been to the gym and man, you get out and a couple days later you're just like so sore and you're feeling it and you just hate that feeling of being sore after the gym, <laughs> right? 
Or how many of you guys uh, just have been through this diet and this diet and this diet, and you're just like, dude, I'm over it, right? From starvation to, to carb cycling to all this and that, and you're just like, I'm done. I'm done with this process in my life. It takes discernment to understand how your body's going to react to those things. It takes discernment to understand how I'm going to recover, how I'm going to get better, what diet really works for me and my, and my blood type and the way that my, my body is and how much activity I have throughout the day, right? It takes discernment to understand those things. So I want to show you a picture of, of a diagram. This is a picture of me. Stop. This is you when you're out. This is you when you're dreaming. After my yeah. last workout. This is, this is Tim when After he dreams. Chick-fil-A. That's my diet. <laughs> That's what Chick-fil-A does to you. It jacks you up. But listen, muscle size increases when a person is continually challenging the muscle. It basically, you're breaking down the muscle. And so this process is known as muscle hypertrophy. It's known as something, right? So when I know this stuff and when I am doing those curls or doing those burpees, I can understand that, man, that muscle that I'm working, uh, there's something happening here. It's called muscle hypertrophy. And so muscle hypertrophy occurs when the fibers of the muscle sustain damage or injury. It actually benefits you to damage your muscle because that's what's going to help repair itself again. Right? Isn't that funny? I have to put myself through tension, through a breakdown in order to be built up. Come on, man. Is this talking to anybody here today? I have to break down my muscle tissue so it can be built back up. And when it builds back up, it builds stronger. So after your workout, your body is repairing itself. And what it does, those damaged muscle fibers, it, it, it it starts a cellular process where it fuses all of that together. And so basically, you're creating now new strands of muscle fibers and muscle tissue, right? And so... This is the process. It's understanding and having discernment. And so how does this apply to our spiritual lives? Discernment comes about when you open that Bible up and the word of God and you take time and you say, I'm just not going to spend five minutes, 10 minutes. I'm going to really dive deep into here and allow the word of God and his truth of the word of God to begin to break down the lies that are trying to cloud my life and trying to cloud my mind. That you're breaking things down. The word of God is breaking down those lies in your life and allowing you to build back up. That's the beauty of it. And, 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 and when you are full of knowledge, you can carry a power within you. Yes. When you have the knowledge of the word of God, there is power built inside of you. Yes. When I finally have the revelation in my life, then all things can start to change. Yes. But when I don't have revelation, when I don't have understanding, yes. then I'm walking blindly. I'm swinging at the wind. I, I'm running aimlessly. Because there's no discernment of where I'm going. So when I truly understand something, that is when change truly begins. When we, when we talk, he constantly will use this word gains. What are your gains? And, you know, as we talk about that, I think, like, spiritually, yeah. what are your gains? Are you the same Christian you were in January right now? 
Or have you progressed? Have you gained an understanding about Jesus? Have you gained some maturity in your faith? Like, what are the spiritual gains that are taking place within your life that you have discernment about and you can see God working and moving and changing? And, 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 and some may be bigger than others, but the goal is that we're constantly seeing something gained in all of this. Yeah. Yeah. And so Paul says, listen, it's going to take discipline. It's going to take discernment. But it also takes a desire for godliness. That's right. And, 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 and there's a difference between desiring to do something and actually doing it. True. Having action steps behind it, right? And, and some of us, we need that in our life. We desire to, to follow Jesus correctly. But we also desire the things of the world. We desire to have a, a, the right relationship, but we chase the wrong ones. And so this desire, Paul says in one of his letters, he says, as a follower of Jesus, he says, you should be wise in the things that are holy and foolish in the evil things. Think about that for a second. Be wise in the holy things, foolish in the evil. But I would dare to say most people are more wise about the evil things and foolish about the holy we know more about sin and all this stuff and all the wrong things, and we can tell you what this means and that and what this happened in this movie, this TV show, this song. We can tell you all those things, and then we ask you to tell us about Jesus, and you're like, I don't know very much. And Paul says, be wise in the holy things. Be foolish in the evil things. And there are some of us that, that, that like, we, we walk around and we look at people's lives, and we say, man, I wish I had their faith. I wish I had their prayer life, or I wish I had the, the, uh, a godly marriage or, or kids, whatever it is. And, and one of our elders here, uh, he comes, he's in the first service, usually Jim. Uh, this man prays all the time, just all the time. He wakes up, he prays, and he prays, and he prays, and he'll call me and be like, hey, I was praying this morning, this is what God told me, and we'll have these great conversations. And he said, someone was asking him, like, how did you learn to pray so long? He prays for like two hours a morning. And he said, I just started praying longer every day. And I was like, no rocket science to that. No other steps, just simple. I started praying longer. And so for some of us, it comes down to discipline and discernment, but a desire to wake up and go, you know what? Usually I only pray for two or three minutes. Today I'm going to pray for five or six. And then when I reach those gains and I get comfortable in that, I'm going to pray for nine to ten. And you take small gains. Hey, you know what? I, I'm going I'm to read my Bible today. But today I'm going to read a little bit longer than I normally do. This is what training for godliness looks like because we want to see these spiritual gains in our life. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. It's true. And then the, the, the last, the last uh, step four is take, takes, it takes dedication to experience results. Right? Sticking to it. Paul says, you receive the promises for this life and the life to come, eternity. And I remember we were, uh, my wife and I, we were training in our garage. Um, God bless her. I love her so much. And uh, we just had, we had a really good workout. But, you know, she, I, was, I was done. Like, I was, it was an intense workout. Um, and I was in the floor, like, almost like passed out. It was great. <laughs> Uh, but she looked at me and she said, man, if you, if you don't, like, if you don't get the results you want from this, then like nothing's going to do it. And I remember looking at her and I said, honey, man, I, I just enjoy the process. 
I'm, 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 I just enjoy doing this that no matter, you know, it, 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 yeah, of course, do I want to see results? Of course. Yeah, everybody wants to see progress and movement. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, is there a true authentic passion and desire behind that that is fueling you uh, the days that you don't feel like it, the days that you are doubting, the days that you are, uh, you know, you just maybe believing the lies that others may say, the days that you're just not into it. Is there a passion and a dedication to drive you further beyond those things because they are going to come? And so the, the spiritual side of this is, listen, every prayer, every time you pray, it matters. Right? Just like the moment you, I, I hear it all the time. If you can get yourself up out of that bed off from that alarm clock, you are winning. Right? Now it's like, all right, put the shoes on. I've, I've read books. Get the shoes ready right by your bed so that you don't set yourself up for failure. Get to the gym. The moment I can get to the gym, right? Every rep matters. Every exercise matters. Well, listen, in the spiritual life, every prayer matters. Every time you open that word, it matters. Every time you are leading your family, you're doing devotionals with your children, and you're, you're spending moments with them, it matters. Moments that they see you vulnerable, but you're still living godly and trying to be the example that you can for them, it matters. It is all matters. And, and, and so James, in the chapter 1, verse 2 through 4 he says it, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. They say if you want to get in shape, if you really want to get in shape, you have to push yourself to work out, especially on the days you don't want to. And we all know that feeling like, I don't oh, yeah. want to get out of bed. <laughs> and I don't want to go on that run. And I don't want to say no to that on my plate any longer. I just want a Five Guys burger. Like, you, you know how this goes, right? That's me. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. Amen. Vulnerable. Vulnerability. Amen Vulnerability. to that. Listen, the same is true. You have to stay in a pattern consistently in your faith, even when you don't want to. Let me tell you something. God is in the extraordinary and God is in the ordinary. And you will have more ordinary days than you do extraordinary ones. And God is always at work because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so when things seem mundane and they seem boring and they seem routine, God is still at work. I tell you all the time, there are days I wake up and I go, I don't know if I've gotten anything out of this, this passage. And then three or four days later, because I stay consistent with it, God goes, I was building along the way so that you would see this. Mm -hmm. But if you would have stopped along the way, you would have missed it. So don't stop. And so for many of you, it does take reading God's word more than you are right now. Some of you maybe never opened it before. You're like the people that walk in gym go, I don't even know what to do here. I don't know how to use this machine. I don't know how to use this book. Just open it and start reading it. That's the power of the Holy Spirit of yes. God yes. to guide you through it. Yes. 
Okay? And, and, and let me tell you, for some of you that have been reading it, you need to challenge yourself to read it more and to read it longer. Okay? There's some great things in America and in, in Christianity, but there's some things that have gone wayward. And, and, and some of it, is, and let's be honest with you, is the way that we like to market to Christians in an American sense. And I will tell you that probably one of the, the, the hardest and most detrimental things to our culture and Christianity is that we create things like the one-minute Bible or five-minute devotional. How do you expect to progress in your faith spending one minute with God a day? Or five minutes. The rest of the day is filled with messages and, and, and voices and lies and temptations. And you think that if I started with just five minutes, the rest of the day is going to be good. And so you have to be disciplined and have discernment to see this. And you have to desire godliness and you have to be dedicated to it. To pray more, to be faithful more. Some of you, you can attest to the fact that you're the church statistic. You show up in a church once or twice a month. So you don't surround yourself with godly people. You're not here to open up God's word and learn so that it can, can, it can be deposited in you so that you can go out and understand the big picture of the body of Christ. And so you begin to look at these things and say, what does it take for me to finish strong? And the reason we talk about this is because of what Paul was telling us. I met Jesus and it changed everything. And when you truly meet him, it should start changing things in your own life. And it shouldn't just start changing you, it should start changing the people around you. They should benefit from the fact that you know Jesus, the hope Amen. of the world. Amen. That's what this is about. And so we finish strong for your own spiritual health and growth. This is for you. This is for me. This is for Johnny. This is so that we have growth and we're spiritually healthy. That's right. And number two is for the goal to win some, Right? What Pastor Tim was saying is great. It's a great starting point. But for some of us, we have to move forward. God's calling us to the next level, a next standard, right? We have been stuck on the five minute, the, the, the very minimum. What's the minimum that I can get away with giving God of my life? And, and we have to stop that. We have to eliminate that mentality in our life. And listen, it's not about a number here, but it's about, it's about again, where's your passion? Have you fallen deeply enough in love with God that you're willing, that, that, that there is no limitation of time that I want to spend with God. I just want to be with him, right? And so how do we run this race right and effective? It's through ongoing consistency. Being consistent, aiming towards it every single time without fail. It's saying, I'm going in. I'm, go I'm giving everything I got. Every athlete has a goal. To win the championship. Yeah. And, and, and so what does that, that's the end mark, right? But what am I doing to, from step A to Z to get myself to the end goal? That's the process. I, I, I have the goal in mind, but now the process comes. And that is the 90, that is the 95% of my life that I have to invest and put priority in. Because then everything else will come. The end will come. So what is driving you in your spiritual journey? What is driving you in your spiritual journey? What it should be is making sure that you are growing, that you are reaching uh, a level in your life in God and an intimacy that you've never had in this life. And, and, and secondly, is that those around me are coming with me where I'm going. 
those around me, my family, my friends, that I can share what I have with them because I want them to go where I'm going. That should be the str- what we're striving for in this spiritual journey. I was reading a leadership book a few weeks back and it said this, successful people are not smarter than you. They just show up more consistently than you do. Successful people are not smarter than you. They just show up more consistently than you do. And so when you're looking at someone that's successful and you go, man, I wish I could do that or be like that or, or how, you have to look at the patterns of their life, how far it goes back, what they've been doing, what they're willing to do. And as Johnny said, to fall in love with God. And some of you go, I don't have that inside of me. Like, wh- why do you, how do you talk about that, speak about that? Like, how do you cultivate that? It's simple. Spend time with them. Spend time with God. When you spend time with a faithful God who is faithful to you, he will meet you where you are and he will begin to show you things and speak to you and change your heart and transform your mind. And then you'll wake up in the morning and go, I want to go do that again. The mornings that that get hijacked from me, my whole day is off if I don't spend it first with God. And there are mornings I wake up and the first thing I think is, I want to go spend time with God. Not because I'm a pastor. Because I've encountered Jesus. And it is the greatest encounter of my life. And I want other people to encounter it too. And so Paul says, I know my goal. I'm not running around aimlessly. And I will discipline my body. I will train it for this prize. Thank you for tuning into the Genesis Church podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If you want to connect more with Genesis Church, you can find all of our information at www.genesischurchorlando.com. We would love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando.